Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares were poked into the positive territory early on after Wall Street equities rallied in the previous session. In early trade, the Straits Times Index was up 0.2% to 3,157 points after some 43 million securities changed hands in the broader market. The closing numbers are still firming up, but here's what I have on my screen right now. The Straits Times Index down 0.1% looking at 3,149 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 909 million Sing dollars. Gainers trailed losers 224 versus 328. Top five movers by value have got here DBS, OCBC, UOB, Capital Land Invest and Citrim. And heavily traded securities included Citrim, Yangtzejiang Financial Holdings and Yangtzejiang Shipbuilding Sing dollars. In terms of companies to watch for today, we do have Jumbo Group. It's shareholders approved the renewal of the restaurant operator's share buyback mandate. Now, elsewhere from China buying a near record 40 billion US dollars of chip gear to get around US curbs to Terraform Labs filing for bankruptcy protection in the US. More international and corporate headlines in focus today. Joining me on the line is Chin Hui Leong, co-founder of The Smart Investor. Chin, welcome. Thank you. Hi, Chintin. Great to have you on the show. And Chin, let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. We've seen the record close of the S&P 500 on Friday. How has the SDI fed so far? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? Yeah, uh, I think I'll just point out two stocks. The first one is Golden Agri. It's up uh, roughly 1.9% today and 8% year-to-date, right? It's surprising because uh, the average uh, crude, oil pri- crude palm oil prices have actually been down by a third the first uh, nine months of last year. But uh, the company has been able to limit the decline in revenue to 15% because of the strength in its downstream business where there's things like biofuels, cooking oil and margarine. So I, I think that uh, people might be sensing a turnaround in their fortunes. The second company I'll, I'll point out is uh, Venture Corporations. Shares mm-hmm. are actually down uh, 25% year to date, but it's actually up today. I, I think that this can be uh, linked to... Uh, TSMC's report last Thursday, where they're expecting uh, uh, semiconductor, uh, sorry, their revenue to grow by low to mid 20% in US dollar terms. So I think that people are sensing that these benefits will eventually flow down to the likes of venture corporation. Hmm. And Chin, I do want to take a look at some companies making the news today, in particular Silver Lake Axis. I believe the company <laughs> received an offer from its executive chairman to acquire mm-hmm. his shareholding interests in various Silver Lake private entities which are owned by mm-hmm. him. What does it mean for the man in the street and what implications will this have uh, on investors? Because shares up some 1.8%, I believe. So I, I think if there's one word to describe this this deal or, or this offer, it is the word Spicy, right? Mm-hmm. And the the reason is because uh, the the chairman of the company, Mr. Go, he owns seventy four percent of the company. This is as of September last year, right? Mm. So he's the majority share owner, and he's asking the company uh, whether or not they would like to buy some of his private companies. Uh. So the company which he owns, he's asking them like, "Do you want these private companies 
which I own, right? Mm. And this is what you call a related party transaction. Yep. Right? The reason why this is really spicy is because back in 2015, there was a short report which alleged uh, abuse of related party transaction. Mm. And it, it does seem like the company has never recovered from those allegations, even though they have actually refuted this uh, back in 2016 uh, through an independent review. And if you look at the stock price, performance since then and the fact that they've cut dividends uh, substantially since then, I think that the company has a lot to prove to win back uh, the the shareholders' trust uh, in supporting this deal. Mm, don't mind me asking this very quickly, Chin. Is there any sure. reason why shares were up today as a result of that offer, though? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> right. because, uh, at, at the moment, there's, there's very little uh, information on what part of and the size of the deal, we do not know like how much resources are required and so on. Mm. But um, I, I think that I, I, yeah. I'm hopeful that this doesn't open old wounds and, and allegations which uh, you know had happened mm. in the past. Okay, but you mentioned spicy, so we yes. must talk about chili crab chain. How do you like a chili crab? Spicy also, and I'm bringing this up because Jumbo shareholders approved mm-hmm. the renewal uh, renewal of its share buyback mandate. How mm-hmm. significant is this? Yeah, I love chili crabs, but uh, being from Penang, I am a bit picky where, where I get my chili crabs from. <laughs> okay, okay. So, here's the deal. So, Jumbo is offering to buy back 64 million shares. Uh, this is substantial because it's 10% of their total shares. Yeah. Right? They are offering to buy back at around 26 cents. So, if they do math, it's roughly about 16.6 million, which they are planning to spend. Uh, this is also substantial because if you look at their balance sheet, they have about 42 million in net cash, right? So, 16.6 of this is going to be used for buybacks. So it's a substantial chunk of its net cash. They can afford it, but it's a substantial chunk. So whether or not this turns out to be a good move or not will depend really on their future performance. They, If they perform, this could turn out to be a good buy. If they underperform, then this could be a waste of their resources. Hmm. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Chin Hui Leung, co-founder of The Smart Investor. And across the region, Chin, Chinese imports of the machinery used to make computer chips up 14% last year to almost 40 billion US dollars. No surprises there because Chinese firms, they want to ramp up investments to get around US curbs. But what is surprising is that NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huang, he embarked on his first China tour in four years over the new year. And I should add that this is a low-key one. It is said that Mm -hmm. he celebrated the upcoming CNY with staff. But does that timing really raise some eyebrows? And do you think there'll be any repercussions arising from his visit? Yeah, it's kind of ironic when it's a low-key visit, but it's receiving so much attention. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I, I think that any other CEO... Uh, from any other industry which visits China, they might get, they may be in the news, but maybe on the you know, back pages of the newspaper. And th- and that really tells you that the semiconductor sector is becoming more and more influenced by politics, right? You, you cannot separate politics from the industry because yeah. more and more countries see uh, the semiconductor sector as a strategic resource. And I, I think that it's important because this is starting to impact uh, how some companies can perform. So it's not just about the uh, actual amount of uh, imports which China makes. It's also the type of machines that China is able to buy. I'll give you an example. ASML is the sole manufacturer of something called the Extreme Ultraviolet uh, Photolithography Machine. That's mm-hmm. a mouthful. But basically, you need these machines to make the most leading-edge uh, AI chips or, or the most leading-edge 
uh, edge chips. And without these machines, China will not be able to manufacture the most leading edge machines. Yeah. And uh, the US and the Netherlands has actually come in and, and restricted ASML from shipping any of these machines to uh, China. Yeah, okay. And in the meantime, uh, from China, Jin, let's take a look at Japan. Nikkei share average rallied to a fresh 34-year peak today as the US mm-hmm. S&P's record high close on Friday buoyed investor sentiment. That said, there are some concerns that Asian markets are overheated. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts? Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting as the Nikkei is making a 34-year highs. Uh, the Hansing Index is actually at the same level it was uh, back in 1997, July. And that was when uh, you know China was handed, sorry, Hong Kong was handed back to China, right? And so from that sort of sharp contrast alone, uh, I, I I don't think we can say that Asian markets uh, across all Asia is overheated, right? I, I think that um, perhaps uh, the Nikkei index, which has a strong component of semiconductor stocks, and I mentioned the positive news from TS. TSMC just now, it could be driving uh, the short-term uh, optimism at the Nikkei index. Hmm. And speaking of the uh, S&P 500, I do want to talk about the US before we let you go, Chin. Terraform sure. Labs, which is the company behind the stablecoin TerraUSD, uh, if you recall, mm-hmm. it collapsed, it roiled cryptocurrency mm-hmm. markets. Mm-hmm. But basically, Terraform Labs, it fought for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the US. Any thoughts mm-hmm. on the matter? Yeah, so... I think for the cryptocurrency, I call it the crypto economy, uh, they are trying to replace the financial industry. But the thing here about the financial industry, I think that people need to recognize that the key currency within financial, the financial markets is trust, right? Mm-hmm. And when you have so much bankruptcies happening, one after the other, uh, let's not forget uh, FTX, uh, Three Arrows Capital, BlockFi, yeah. Celsius Network, Voyager Digital, all, all all these bankruptcies really undermines the industry itself. And I think that uh, we need to come to an equilibrium where there's much more trust within the industry before uh, the crypto industry can actually boom. Uh, uh, regulations also play a part, and that is something which uh, Coinbase is uh, fighting the SEC for in the U.S. Thanks a lot, Jin. That was Jin Hui Leung, co-founder of The Smart Investor. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.